Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Guerrero rips that one to deep left center field and it skips off the wall. Aquino giving the way. The throw from the outfield way offline. Aquino scores. To the left center gap, and the Reds lead it three to two. Hey, this is John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for late night Reds talk. All right, everybody. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, come on. Come on. Whatever. <laughs> this is a brutal edition of late night Reds talk live, where, yes, the sky is falling, but we're going to do our best to put a smile on our faces after a brutal loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now I've lost the series. I am Tim Daniel, back this week after a week-long hiatus. Yeah. Um, so joining us, as always, this week, the crew, Red Legs Nation himself, Mr. Nick Kirby. What's going on, fellas? <laughs> you know what's going on, Nick. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't catch the game tonight. What happened? <laughs> That's the optimism we need. Armor hit a bomb. I remember that. Hey, there we go. And nothing happened after that. They're still Perfect. next year. Yeah. Great game. No, I, it, it's a blur. It was a blur <laughs> after that. Also joined us as always, former big league pitcher himself, Mr. Carlos Guevara. What's up, boys? Going to be one and a half games out. No big deal. Carlos Kirby. There you go. <laughs> and also joined us our first time we've had a repeat guest. I'm pretty sure first time. Uh, he is the chief of the Park Baller stream. He had his first Skyline Chili experience fairly recently. Uh, this is Mr. Ryan Castellanos, who has become one of us in his time in Cincinnati. So, buddy, we're happy to have you back. I know this is a brutal game, um, but for those who are now just now joining us on YouTube, you brought a surprise with you to the show. Yes, I did. And uh, I, I was hoping I could use it on a Reds win, as I so uh, boldly predicted. Unfortunately, we came up just short, but our boy, Kyle Farmer, did hit a home run today. So uh, just to celebrate that with our boy, Nick Kirby, who we all know is the biggest fan of Kyle Farmer. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Quick celebrate. Eighth inning home run to tie the game by the shortstop himself. <laughs> as it literally stops working. <laughs> Bruh. And if that's not a omen for the if red season at before, the current yeah. time. <laughs> Hold on. This is it, awesome. it, it, it might be overheating from the pregame hype. Please don't start a fire. 
Listen, the, the whole world is burning right now after the Reds lost. So it's a house fire is the last of our worries. Is that new? You'll just be the- you'll just be sitting there saying, "Oh, this is fine." There we go. Hey, we're back. We're back. Kyle Farmer. <laughs> I feel like you're about to cut like a pro wrestling promo. I know. Well, we uh, if, for those of you who didn't know, we were trying to set it up where I could have walkout music and come out to the smoke. Uh, but I'm just happy it went off right there. So yes, I do have a fog machine, and it was in honor of Nick Kirby and uh, and Farmer's home run. So uh, we're taking the positives from today. Yes, Kyle. <laughs> Picked a bad week to quit drinking. Yeah, All right, it's folks. Never too late to start back up, Tim. <laughs> never. You aren't lying. All right, guys. So this is brutal. We know it's brutal. Um, you know, to go from, you know, now you're four games over 500, you've obviously had a pretty terrible stretch now for about a month. Um, no clutch, no hits in big time situations, you know, besides of course, Kyle Farmer's home run today. You're welcome, Ryan. Make sure I call it out. Um, you know, you have people misplaying balls in the outfield apparently today, if that's a thing. So, you know, guys who aren't outfielders playing the outfield, it's a little tough right now. It's, it's a little tough. I'm, I'm okay with Schrock playing sec, uh, playing left. Obviously we wish that Winker was back. Uh, I, I think I heard uh, people in my uh, stream chat were saying that he could be available as early as uh, Friday. So we'll see on that front. Um, I obviously don't know the validity. That was just what some people were telling me. So that would be a big boost to our lineup and for the rest of the season. Um, but uh, as you guys may have known, uh, maybe to, you know, maybe I take it to an extreme effect just for comedic effect, comedic effect. But I do think that having Max Schrock in the lineup uh, is a good piece to uh, to our team right now. Uh, I do think that in left field uh, would, would be the spot where he would slot in the best. Um, but, you know, maybe he doesn't have the power of Aquino or, or Suarez. Uh, but I do think he gives you, or at least has shown that he can give you in the time that he's been here, uh, just that competitive at bat, whether it's uh, taking the ball the other way, uh, whether it's working a walk. Um, he just has really good bat control, uh, which is somebody that I think the Reds could use in their lineup right now. Um, but definitely it would be a welcome sight when uh, Winker does get a chance to come back. Yeah, Strzok's a really good hitter against yeah. right-handed pitching. Um um, I don't, I don't think he probably would, would do well if he was, you know, starting against lefties, but he, he could definitely hit right-handed pitching. I mean, you know, sure. That's the play everyone sees, but you know, the Reds only scored, you know, four runs in nine innings against, you know, some pretty mediocre below mediocre pitching. So that, that, I mean, yeah, that <laughs> lost the game, but that wasn't the, the sole reason they, they, they lost tonight. And I don't know. I, I don't remember him misplaying another ball in any of his other starts all year, just, you know, it's a really, really, yeah. diff- really <laughs> difficult time for that to happen, right you know? Yeah. But also remember, I mean, right after that misplayed, I think there was another triple right after that. So, I mean, you could argue that it didn't really change the complexion of the game all that much. Uh, you don't really know what's going to happen with Reynolds, uh, you know, if he didn't misplay that ball. Um, but I wouldn't put too much weight into that. I mean, I think Schrock's done a solid job and left, um, you know, I mean, Winker isn't the best defensive left fielder anyway, so he probably would have gotten to third either way. 
Um, but, uh, you know, but yeah, I, I am happy with, with Schrock being there in the lineup and, uh, uh, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's getting a little frustrating because we're seeing us not put up runs that we feel like we should put up against, you know, pitchers that have been susceptible to that, but also a reason why I'm not, you know, even though we're a game and a half out now, uh, if the Cardinals do end up closing out the game, I'm not sure if it's still going or not. Um, the Out offense, the yeah, but it's what is it a four run game right now? It's 11 to four Cardinals. Okay, so we can chalk that up as a Cardinals win. Um, but I, I'm not worried about the offense because uh, you could pick any good team, any good offensive team, and you could pick any two, two and a half week stretch where maybe they haven't competed as well. Uh, but I do think that the most sure thing about this team is that they're a team that could put up runs. So uh, if the offense is what has been keeping us down recently, um, I think that that is as sure of a bet as ever as the portion of the team that will, you know, come back with a vengeance. So um, once we start putting up runs and like we know that we can, once we get our lineup back the way that we know that it should be with Winker there uh, swinging there in this, in the, in the two hole, um, I, I, that that's really why I'm not really feeling the pressure. I am feeling like we're letting a good opportunity to let some distance between us and the rest of the teams kind of go by the wayside. But again, guys in, in July, I mean, we were what eight back 10 back or something. Nine and and a half on July 1st. Yeah. And, and we're, you know, if you were to go on July 1st and say with 16 games left, would you be, okay with a game and a half out with the schedule that we have left of course you would take that uh the circumstances are a little bit different because of how we've you know scuffled a little bit but maybe i'm overly optimistic maybe it's just because i'm a former player and i feel like it's always going to work out because i believe in the team uh but once the offense kind of clicks and turns on i mean there's not really a team that wants to play us and, and who's going to want to play us in a one-game playoff if our offense is clicking the way that it should be? So uh, it's just going to take to, uh, you know, hopefully we get back into the swing of things that what we know that we can do and then uh, just kind of go from there. But, uh, you know, there, there's no sugarcoating it. We got to start winning some games, and uh, we got to start winning some games soon. Because uh, if it starts getting to the point where the games that we're back starts to get close to the amount of games that we have left, that's when you really need to start, uh, you know, hoping for other play other teams to slip up in order to get in. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, you know, we did this stuff at the beginning of the year. I mean, we've said it on here before. Everybody would take right now September was it fifteenth one and a half games out of the playoffs with the roster that we had at the beginning of the year, everybody would say, yeah, we'll take it. We're going to be in a playoff hunt. And this is what most people predicted that they'd be right there at the end. They didn't know whether it'd be winning the division or the wild card, but here we are a game and a half out a good offense. Once weaker comes back, there's going to be options off the bench. There's going to be lots of options, left-handed, right-handed. You got Barrero. Like, I mean, I think, I think he's actually going to start playing a little bit more. Um, versus right-handed hitters, but I'm, I'm not at the panic mode yet. You, I mean, you can't be with 16 games to go with one and a half out. I mean, I don't care if you're playing the Dodgers the next seven games or you're playing the Pirates. It's, it's still baseball, man. <laughs> Obviously, anything can happen as we've seen the last couple of weeks. 
So, so Reds Cardinals are off tomorrow. So if the Reds were to win, they could get within a game. And then the Cardinals actually have two more games than the Reds the rest of the way. So in, in theory, um, um, you know, if uh, um, the, the Cardinals, you know, lost both that game, both of those games, the Reds would pick that up or, or, or whatever not. So um, I don't know if you honestly want to be the team with more games. Um, the Cardinals final game would be a doubleheader at Wrigley Field. And um, they're going to be playing uh, the Brewers while the Reds are uh, have an off day in the final week of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you get a win tomorrow, you're within a game, you know, with with what, 15 games to play um, was still a favorable schedule for whatever it's worth. So um, tomorrow, really, I don't want to say must win because it's not a must win yet. I mean, you could sweep the Dodgers and it, it all goes back. But tomorrow's at this stage, the season is as close to, I feel, a must-win yeah. as, as you can have, if that makes yeah, I, sense. I think it adds a little bit more pressure because we do know we're going back home to face the Dodgers for three, so that's obviously going to be tough. So Who also just like to get the tomorrow. matchup in that series, and it's... Yeah, but you guys can't lie that you you totally see the Reds going in there and either. I know. I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. this, we, they went into L.A. in April, and they won two out of three, and that's when they were lost, like... I think at that point they just had like a six game losing streak or something like that. Yeah, it was, they were playing really bad. Everyone was just so down on the team. And, they, and then they go and they wasn't three. W- Winker was ripping that entire time. Yeah, but they did have Jeff Hoffman start a game in that series. And he pitched well. Um, they had some really challenging bullpen arms pitching in that series, you know. Yeah. Alex Blandino, I think, was playing first base. Carson Fulmer. <laughs> I mean, Carson Fulmer, yeah. Carson Fulmer was in there throwing. I remember that. Yeah. Well, a, do you remember? Uh, so, like, when we started the show, well, like, back in the days when we were on Locker Room, Nick and I had um, Jordan from uh, Cespedes Barbecue on. And the two guys he named that he was most excited to see for the Reds this year were Carson Fulmer and Jeff Hoffman. Hey, Hoffman's still here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping Fulmer would work out because I remember playing against him uh, in college uh, my uh, in, in the NCAA tournament. I was a freshman. He was a freshman. I was a starting pitcher uh, throwing about uh, mid to upper 80s. And uh, he would just come in like a lunatic in the bullpen throwing 97. So uh, <laughs> I was always he was always one of the guys that was, uh, you know, one of the bigger prospects around my age group coming out of college. And uh, being from in the Chicago area, playing for University of Illinois, he ended up getting signed by the White Sox. So he was a phenom, and he was uh, like a household name. Uh, I think he came up as a starting pitcher. There were always doubts about him being a starter. Uh, Ended up going to the pen. So I was hoping he would have some sort of a career resurgence uh, with the Reds, uh, but I guess that didn't work out. Carson. Uh, Go ahead. Carson Fulmer was picked up three picks ahead of Tyler Stevenson in the 2015 draft. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Baseball, baseball, man. (laughs) So yeah, for those who haven't seen you, just been kind of give a heads up. Um, We're not, you know, we're obviously talking about like Carlos said the Dodgers are coming to town. So Friday is Luis Castillo versus Walker Bueller. That's a pitching dream for, for, for pitching fans. Uh, Saturday, you got Sonny Gray versus Max Scherzer. And Sunday, you have Wade Miley versus Clayton Kershaw. So that's what the Reds have coming up after this Pirates series. But tomorrow, 
you have Connor Overton, who literally has thrown seven and two career, seven and two thirds career major league innings. So anything can happen tomorrow with that guy. Is he right handed or left handed? He is a righty. Yes. <laughs> Unreal. Guy, it's it's so crazy too because uh, people were talking about Nick's splits right now, and his splits against lefties are usually astronomical. Like I think his 29 lefty splits were like 370 with over an 1100 OPS. And uh, this year's splits for lefties, he's hitting lefties at a 307 clip with a 911 OPS. And you guys would all probably look at that and think, wow, that's pretty good. That's not good in Nick standards. Like the, he should be hitting lefties at 360 clip. Cause that's what I know he can hit. So uh, the fact that it's, uh, only 307 and his splits versus right versus righties this year is a little better. Uh, Get on his show- ass. I, I would, but he's got a flip phone. He can't respond to anything. <laughs> that I said. Wait, he's got uh, a flip but- phone. I've heard that story. No, it's all about it's it's all over. Yeah, it's all over. I know you heard about it. Yeah, we talked um, about the last time you were on the show. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but that just shows me that uh, these last couple of weeks he's probably gonna uh, hit like six fifty against lefties, and we'll bring he's out. Due. He's due. Yeah, As the Reds. Sadak would say he's due. The the Reds struggles against left-handed pitching. It does not really make sense with their personnel. <laughs> with Castellanos, who just is a career just destroyer of left-handed pitching, Suarez. Although Suarez, we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, you know, he's had a resurgence. Stevenson and India both hit left-handed pitching better. It, it's it's weird, their, their struggles. It doesn't make a lot of sense when you really dig through their personnel. Um, um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about how they're going to handle right-handed pitching, honestly, without, without Naquin, if he's out for any significant amount of time. He's a big, big left-handed bat. Can't be that much longer if they haven't put him on the DL to bring somebody up. They be uh, like a day or two max Jim day during the um, Jim day is usually pretty optimistic. And he did not sound very optimistic when he gave an update on uh, Tyler Naquin today he said Naquin said was feeling awful. Um, the bruise was worse. Um, it did not the way J- I hope Jim day was, was selling it, but it was, why don't it, they get it, another hitter up here? I mean, they have the expanded rosters. You don't want to send them down. You know, you don't want to lose them for 10 days. You know, when you only have 15 days How many left. And four? Um, I don't know. He wouldn't have played. He wouldn't have played Sunday or Tuesday because they were left-handed. So it's been Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's been four. I mean, there's only. But today was the first game he would have sat out. So, you know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't have yeah. played him anyways. And, and if they would bring someone up, they bring yeah. up TJ Friel, who's a left-handed batter. So, it really, you know what I mean? Like, it. it Is he on the 40-man? I think they have an open. I think they have an open forty-man spot, okay. but I don't. I don't think that would. That would. What, what's the What's the nature of Naquin's injury? Uh, bruised ribs from when uh, him and uh, uh, Barrio ran into each other. Okay, that was that was what four or five days ago. It was on Friday Saturday, night. Saturday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean he he's still on the roster, so I'm I'm sure they don't have any intention of putting him on the disabled list. Yeah. Yeah. That it just doesn't. That's what I'm saying. There's no way it can be more than one or two days for to activate him because then that would be that'd be a really bad spot to be in to not have another hitter up this entire week. Guys, it's crunch time, man. If you can walk, you can play. 
it, it's time to go. We got fit. We got 16 games left. I, yeah. I'm just saying, if you're available, you go. Yeah, actually. So we just got a question on Twitter. Kind of curious your guys' thoughts on this from uh, Marianne. Um, she said, why is Hoffman on the team when he hasn't been used in 10 days? Couldn't they make a better use of that roster spot in the playoff race? Well, I mean, maybe like t- tonight was, was almost a perfect spot for him. Yeah. Like him or Shantion. Like I, I, I mean, I was, I was um, watching with Ryan earlier and, and I made a comment. I was like, you know, he's got to, they got to get somebody up. got to get him out. He doesn't have his stuff. And that was in the fourth inning when I actually thought that he should have been taken out at the end of the third inning. Because we have all those arms. I mean, why else are we going to carry 10 bullpen arms or however many are out there? I mean, use the guys. There's only 16 <clears throat> games left. Use them. Reds have had two off days in the last week. So, I mean, like their bullpen's a little, you know, fresher. And Hoffman would, would be your, you know, towards the back end of your, your bullpen. I mean, is there really any innings that anyone's pitched over Hoffman that we really are too upset about? No, I, I, I think the the usage is fine. I mean, mm-hmm. Bell's made those those moves. Hoffman's not a, you know, a late in the game type of guy. We're not going to go with him with a lead whenever we have, you know, Gibbons and Lorenzen and um, Sims throwing really well. Like, we're not going to use them at, at those times. I mean, if it's an early blowout or something like that, then yeah, but it just hasn't been that case. Like, today was probably the first chance. And, you know, they decided to go with someone else and, you know, kind of worked out. Yeah, I, I, I think the bullpen usage today was great. Um, I Carlos was saying that uh, we should have taken out Goody in the uh, in the third. I was actually OK with that, but I personally probably would have left him in there in the fourth with two outs just so he can go out for the fifth if needed. Um, but if we were to switch, I would have 100 percent went with Santion and uh, Santion did a good job. Um, I kind of like that one, two, that one, two rookie punch we have, uh, where Santion kind of comes in after Goody. Uh, I think that they both kind of have different styles. Um, and I love the way that Santion just goes after guys. Um, there was a little bit towards the end of, I think it was his last inning outing, uh, where he, uh, you know, was getting falling a little bit behind guys, but you could just see it, man. Uh, he, I mean, he's only 24, he's a rookie, but every time he pitches, I really am, uh, I, I really do just appreciate just the mentality he has where he's going out. He's there to attack. Uh, even if he's falling behind guys or even if he's getting hit, you know that he's there to, you know, force the batter to beat him. And, uh, you know, that was kind of something that I had when I threw. So when I find, when I see pitchers who I think are like nibbling and getting away from contact, that drives me absolutely insane. So when Santion goes up there and pitches, uh, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of that. So I, w- I was happy with the move to him over Hoffman. Uh, I do think Hoffman has a spot uh, in the bullpen, um, but uh, I think that the places where I would use him uh, would specifically be for uh, longer relief, uh, maybe for uh, an inning or two uh, later in the game. Uh, but I would not bring him in for a, uh, a, a, a close – he would be further down on the list for like a closer one game later in the, in the inning uh, situation or later in the game situation. Yeah. yeah kind of a uh, piggyback off what Ryan's saying. Sorry, Carlos. I didn't mean to talk over yeah, you. Yeah, you did. Um, so, you know, he talks about the, the way when Tony Santian gets the ball, he goes after dudes. And like, if you look at his numbers, it shows. So he's <laughs> thrown 36 innings so far. He's got 46 strikeouts. Like that's, 
pretty nice. Uh, he's a dude that goes after guys. I know the whip is 1.35, but for relievers, that's a little different than like a starter's whip, you know, being that being that middle area. Um, so, and Carlos, you kind of mentioned this a few months back, like when you were in the minors, um, kind of furthering Ryan's point about like kind of quote unquote, like piggybacking starts. So Gutierrez throws, you know, three, four, five innings, Tony Santion came in. You kind of said, did you guys do that in Dayton at one point? Yeah, it's a terrible idea. You don't like it? That's why they don't do it anymore. No, it's terrible. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's Santion has been really like under the radar impressive. Like nobody's talking about him because there's so many different things going on with this team that he's been overlooked. Like he's been great. He's, he was a starter. He's our sixth a freaking starter. starter. And he's throwing great. I mean, he's fastball slider now and it's a wipeout slider. And he's, he's been, he's been a really nice piece to the, to the bullpen. And I have, I mean, I wouldn't be upset if they threw him in the seventh or the eighth or even the ninth inning. Like he's been that good. You guys remember when we were talking last time in the show, uh, I think it was when Santion came out. I think he had his handful of starts and then he was sent back to AAA uh, to work in, as yeah. a reliever. And I came on here and I said that when Santion comes back, he's going to be a pivotal role in the bullpen because I knew his stuff would translate. I knew his velocity would jump up a little bit. And the fact that he has that aggressive mindset, even when he's starting, that does wonders when you kind of switch more into a bullpen role. Because uh, I feel like, I mean, I, I'm not specifically talking about anybody on the Reds, but I feel like sometimes when people go into uh, bullpen mindsets, they feel the need that every pitch needs to be perfect. And that's not really the case. You just really need to throw all your pitches with conviction and confidence, uh, no matter the scenario. And I think that he possesses that just passively as a rookie. So when you see that he has that mindset, yes, he could be a very good bullpen piece and he will be for this year. Uh, but I also think that in the future, uh, he will be a, uh, a starting uh, pitcher for, for the Reds. I think that he will at least be given that opportunity to be a pitcher in the rotation. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly see him as a projecting as a better starter than, than Goody. But... I, I, I think that, so I, I don't know if I can agree with you there. Uh, I do think that if everything were to fall into place, Santion will be that better starter than Goody. But I also think that Goody has done such a phenomenal job of being consistent and eating innings and giving you that quality start for the most part that you need from the fifth starter, especially being a rookie himself. Um, yeah. I mean, looking at Goody today. He's uh, faded his last couple of starts, but. Yeah, well, his, his new last territory. Start, his last start before that was, was all right. I think, I think he had two bad starts and then a good start and then, a, and then a poor start. But um, I mean, wh what's his ERA right now? I mean, it, it's still what, like a 4.3, 4 4.25, 4.25 that, I mean, as a fifth starter rookie, I mean, that's, that's, that's phenomenal, man. I, mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's very good. He's giving this, he, 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 he basically solidified the back end of the rotation after the Hoffman experiment. And uh, I think that Santion also did a pretty good job, but I do think that Santion's better fitted for the bullpen than Goody is. So I think for the health of the team, it's better to have Goody slotted as that fifth starter right now and have Santion available as a wild card in the back end. Yeah, I agree. You got to remember too, Gutierrez is in uncharted territory right now. He's never pitched anywhere close to this many innings. Right. So, I mean, so really. The Brewers it, pitchers. 
Well, he's even less than that. I mean, you know, he's, he's way, way below that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think anything he gives you at this point is gravy. But, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the Reds have, like, five quality relievers right now. I mean, they have five guys I feel pretty good about. And, I mean, it just sticks that, you know, other areas are, 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 are struggling right now. It's kind of been one of these seasons where, where nothing clicked at once. And, hey, let's hope to hell it clicks over the, the last 15 games here, 16 games here. But, um, but how about Luis Sessa? I mean, love him. He's been incredible. You know, he just he, he goes out, he, he throws strikes. Um, Mexico. He, he's been he's been phenomenal, and I know a lot of people <laughs> point to some of his his uh, his peripheral stats, but he's outpitched them for three straight years. So, I mean, at some point, you know, that kind of becomes a reality if you you keep right. doing that over and over and over and over again. So, um, he he's been he's been incredible. So, I mean. Um, yeah, there's just five guys at least you feel good about, and that's why Hoffman hasn't pitched because you know five guys that are are doing well, and you're in games where you want to use them as much as you can. Thanks, Dylan. I feel like we're smart too. I appreciate you, buddy. Dylan Guthrie in the chat. Um, Susan Barry, no, they do not need Puig. I appreciate you stopping by and hanging with us. Yes, you'll Puig, not need to be on this ball club. Wait, but what about for the benches clearing brawls? I mean, if we get into those again, sure. They need one. They <laughs> what need a, one. But what about what about? If I'm not fighting those dudes on the White Sox next week. I'm not fighting those dudes. You know, why not? I'm staying away from that. Why not? You know, baseball players don't come with blows anyway. That's true. Uh, dude, David Bell will be the first one out there ready to throw blows. I know with Larusa, that. that I would be down for. And, and with with Eckstein, <laughs> <laughs> and with uh, uh, oh man, dude, that John Boy video is awesome. Uh, of with David Bell coming out, he was getting on top of Eckstein. I think he got on top. He shoved Clint Hurdle, and then he uh, he he started calling out one of the pitchers on the Pirates, like, "Don't even come near me." I actually saw him on the field and I brought that up to him in person. I don't know why I did, but he thought it was funny. So I guess that's okay. There you go. <laughs> You're the one person who's seen David Bell smile. So congratulations. That's the key. If you ever meet somebody famous, ask them something nobody else is going to ask them. So they will, will <laughs> acknowledge you. I did. I, I, I didn't hold any shots. I went right for it. I, I told Ryan the other day, I'm going to, if I ever come to a game again and I'm underneath the tunnel when the players come out, I'm going to ask Nick if he can get me Ryan's autograph. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he, he'd be so shocked. He'd, he'd be, be so like, what? Shocked. Get out of here. Like, why, why, the hell, why the hell do you want that dude's autograph? <laughs> who's Ryan? <laughs> yeah, who's Ryan? No, he, he, he'd literally have to think about it for a second. Do I know a Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that guy, my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll <laughs> Brian Braun? <laughs> he just tech, He just retired. You know, I thought he hasn't played baseball for a while, but we're not talking about Ryan Braun on this podcast. Yeah, sorry. Ever? Well, we're we're not Ryan Braun stands here. No, no. no? He, he, he hurt us enough, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> bad enough. Thirty-eight that, inch bat. It's bad enough this weekend as Albert Pujols' last trip to GABP, which is guaranteed to be a nightmare at some point because that's what he does here. But, you know, who knows? Tim, whoa, 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 man. We are sweeping the Dodgers, okay? That's just how it works. Ryan, Ryan, I have seen Albert Pujols 100 times at Great American Ballpark. You haven't seen him in a you. Dodgers uniform. That is yeah, true. 75 years old. Like, Yeah, but yeah. how, how mean, many times have you seen him at Great Joe American? Joe Lewis' ass. He's what is he forty two? Yes, allegedly. Yeah, so right. he, he's, 
three three years younger than Tom Brady. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. He's really 58 years old. <laughs> Got that Danny Almonte? I am 12. <laughs> <laughs> He's also on my top list of watch love watching guys to run. When he hits a homer. <laughs> like Jesus, Albert mixing some sprints. <laughs> but he's been doing that since he was 25. It's just funny. Yeah. Oh man. Um we did get a question in the chat. Thought maybe we wanna uh do we are we all in agreement? Um someone asked who gets who gets DFA'd or sent down when when Wager comes back, are we all are we all in agreement that it's 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 a struble? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't like answering those questions, man. I mean, it's a fair question, but I don't know. I don't want to I mean, name guys who can get sent down. I feel bad guys for him. I mean, it's not it's not like you know. I mean, the guys had like eighteen at bats. It's not like he's really like had a big sample. You know, I mean, that's right. it's, it's tough. It just didn't. DFA sucks, guys. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. <laughs> so how how's Moose's health? I saw him playing today. Um, he he was injured a little bit ago, so I think Moose's health would be uh, would have some weight on that decision. Are they confident that he's going to be available for the rest of the season? Uh, he, so. he he did hit a ball you know, with a hundred mile exit velocity today. He did hit a ball pretty hard the other day. I have no idea why he he hit against a left-handed pitcher. Yeah, and was, was that the seventh? I mean, I, I get it earlier in the game because you're expecting, you know, a, a right-handed pitcher, you know, back up again. But it was like the eighth inning. I mean, like, I mean that that. But you're that's, not though. Whenever they brought in that that lefty in the fifth inning or whenever it was, you know, they're going to bring in another one to face Joey later in the game if it's a close game, and that's what you got to play for. Yeah, I mean, I. Like I, I get it the first time. I, I the second time in the eighth inning, like you're down a run, you know. I mean, Kyle Farmer really, I think, uh, uh, bailed out our our, our manager. It's so weird. Red's Twitter got so quiet after Kyle Farmer. Did. I'm like, guys, you're supposed to cheer. The team just scored. They just tied it up. But the fact that it was Kyle Farmer and Nick Kirby's out there waving his Kirby hates Farmer flag. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I did when Farmer hit the homer? He <laughs> tweeted Kirby hates Farmer. Yeah, and I also did this. Do we want to talk about Jose Jose Guerrero's uh, position flexibility and, and the the uh, the disdain that 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 that's caused? You know him. Oh my god! Him playing other positions. Um, I'll start. I, I have no issue with it. I, I I guess Reds fans are just so triggered because of how poorly things have turned out with Senzel. <laughs> But man, this is like most teams do this. They they have their top prospects play multiple positions. Chris Bryant. I was gonna say Chris Bryant. Center field, man. Joey played left field. Like I, I just I don't see why it's oh, a God, big deal. The more positions you can play, the better, you know. And 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 I'm all Castellanos. Yeah, and I'm all four guys coming up. And hey, we're gonna put you here. We're gonna put you here. You know, it makes you. I feel like you it makes you want it more. It makes you you know work harder. You know to. So I, I don't know, Carlos. He, well, I, I love Carlos and Ryan. You, you know, you guys right. played still a, like played a little higher level than me. Well, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, unless you're a starting pitcher, then you you mm-hmm. you rarely get penciled in every day. Like whenever you get called up, you, you gotta 
I mean, I don't want to say earn your spot, but you still, I mean, you kind of do. And in, in Bell's eyes, I guess he, he's having to, to earn his spot a little bit. And But it's justified because it's hard to say he's just going to come in and start hitting better than Kyle Farmer against lefties. It's hard because he's above average. He's better than most major league hitters against left-handed pitching. And you're saying this prospect who hasn't hit at this level is going to do that. And even defensively, I mean, all I've heard is how great Barrero is defensively, but he already has half as many errors as Kyle Farmer does. Like, it's okay to support Kyle Farmer and Barrero at the same time. Guys, he's going to get his chance. I promise. He will be in the everyday lineup next year, barring anything crazy. But right now, it's just, it's not the time. Like, it's getting close. Like, if I was managing, I'd probably start doing some platoon splits like righty versus lefty, getting him in there more, trying to find him more ABs. But you can't disagree with the manager or the GM, whoever's making the call on that specific lineup. Like Kyle Farmer's pretty freaking solid defensively. Yeah, and and I think that uh, Barrero being kind of moved around, uh, not played as much, I don't think that's a knock on David Bell. I don't even think that's a knock on Barrero. I just think that that's shown that Farmer has earned the opportunities that he's gotten. And uh, – it's if anything, it's a positive to see players like Barrero or players like uh, Chris Bryant go out and play other positions because uh, no matter how good you hit, even if you're the best hitter on the planet, if you can show versatility and you can show that you can play in multiple different positions, that's only going to up your value to the team. Uh, Bar- Bar- if Barrero turns out to be a stud player, yeah, maybe it would be great if he was also a, a super stud defensive shortstop that we penciled in there absolutely every day. But if we have somebody who can play short and play short decently and provide good offensive numbers and Barrero's capable to go play a position where we have a weakness at the point, that's only strengthening his case. So to be able to show versatility, especially at a young age, is very important. And uh, we're in a playoff chase right now. So nobody cares about Barrero's feelings. Nobody cares about if he wants to play short or if he needs to be there. What matters right now is we need to win as many games as we can. And Farmer, I believe, has at least shown or at least deserved the opportunity to be there the majority of the times at short. If you want to platoon him with uh, lefty-righty and uh, have him have Barrero hit against uh, righties, that's fine. But you're also, you know, you don't have a huge sample size to work with with Barrero. And right. uh, and you're you're also taking a gamble there in its own right. Um, at least with Farmer, you know what you're going to get. You know, you're going to get uh, consistent defense. You're going to get somebody who has the ability to, uh, you know, drive in runs, has the ability to hit a home run that we see there. Uh, and I, I just think that um, that people are kind of blinded by the potential ceiling of Barrero rather than looking at what he is right now, which is an extremely raw talent with the capability of showing flashes. And you don't want to hang your success of the last 15 games or 16 games of the season on the possibility of what could, of what could be. And I think that that's David Bell's job. And I think he's done a good job. Um, Barrero is somebody that I think is somebody is is a player you want on the roster for flexibility's sake, uh, regardless of what position he plays. But again, I still think that there's a lack of respect in the community for what Farmer has done for the team. 
the yeah, fact that he's sure. solidified that spot, especially after the Geno experiment. So um, when people see Farmer playing short, they may see it's not Barrero, but I see it's a person who's earned that that spot to in this stretch run that we got coming up. I, I bet you if you poll the players, he'd probably be within the top five MVP on his team, like from his own teammates. And and that's with the great with hitters and hall of famers that are in there like he's been there every every day he's been available he's i mean that's the best attribute you can have is being available and, and he's been that way i mean he's definitely the number one unsung hero a hundred percent yeah i'd like to see you know barrero get worked in more wherever it be you know if nate wins out i mean it just seems like the reds are red center field options i mean there's not any upside there between Akiyama and DeShields. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, that seems like a great spot if he can play it. He came in and played three innings the other night. So if he could play then, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that seems like a good spot. Um, I, I don't mind at least maybe him, you know, taking some of the starts at shortstop against right-handed pitching. The thing that I think really kind of irks me is this notion that I've heard a lot of people say, well, move Farmer to third base and put Barrio at shortstop. What now that's nuts. Like, I don't get that at all. I mean, move the kid to a different position this year. Farmers played there all year. Just imagine, you know, Kyle Farmers, the, the, the teammates. You move Farmer to third base, you put Barrio at shortstop. Barrio bobbles a ball or throws away. Could you imagine like their reaction? Like, what are you doing? This guy's played great defense all year for us. I, that's the thing that I think really irks me is this whole like farmers, yeah. the utility guy, he has to be moved. No, he doesn't have to be moved. The young kid can move around. Like it's not going to kill him. In what? fact, it probably makes him, you know, a better player and, and, and long-term it helps you, you know, have better position flexibility with your team. Remember earlier in the year, Alex Blandino had to play first base a lot because the Reds had no one else that could play first yeah. base. And it was because the Reds didn't have enough position flexibility to move guys around. So that's a good thing in my, I, I always view that as a, as a, as a positive. Yeah. The yeah. other thing too, is we fought this already this year. We already went through this with Jonathan India when they were like, well, you know, when Moose gets back from his injury, you can put him back at second. You can put India at short. It's like, we don't need to mess with this. Like keep it as it is. This thing is going just fine with Jonathan India. Like, and look right now, I mean, mm -hmm. Didn't, whenever um, this one shortstop, I think his name was Alex Rodriguez, when he got called up, he was nothing but a pinch runner, was he? Something like that. Huh. Yeah, but he was he was 18, man. <laughs> I don't care. He was a way bigger prospect than what Barrero is right now. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he was 18. I don't, I don't think all his steroids set in yet. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. Ryan, that's, you got to say allegedly, so late night Red Sox does not get sued. <laughs> is, is that is that not public information all right allegedly, <laughs> uh, allegedly. I, I might be misinformed i don't know allegedly i don't know i mean luis soho was a was a baller i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was that was the guy if anyone doesn't understand that reference that was I, I know okay yeah it's just i'm with you man um but yeah i think like the position flexibility kind of really you guys all make great points as far as like how much that helps the guy with what he means and his value to the franchise. I think Tyler Stevenson is the perfect example of that this year. And you saw, you know, when, why he's not getting more at bats right now, who knows? 
Um, I know they trust Tucker Barnhart. It's a playoff race. Like Ryan said, maybe that's the reasoning. We're not in the clubhouse to say yes or no there. But, you know, I think that that, you know, what Stevenson brought when it was like, hey, man, like Joey's broke his thumb. We need you to play first base and really did fairly well there. Um, I think just kind of boosted that value so much. So with what you guys are saying about Barrera, like there's nothing wrong with moving him around the different positions, getting him comfortable, you know, for whatever the Reds may need him. Yeah, I'm all for that. You know, doesn't have to be like Kyle Farmer, the utility guy by any means. But like, you know, if you trust his bat that much, um, his hair is fantastic. I'm all for the hair. He's got the soul glow thing going from coming to America, um, as Carlos and I mentioned all the time. That's my um, favorite part about him. Yeah. So I'm for it, man. Um, <laughs> you know, just well, find, guy, find where you can fit him. And and Barrero's a freaking athlete, man. Yes. Like, he, he is an absolute athlete. So if he there's looks like any, a linebacker. Yeah. And, and he should be, well, okay, maybe not as, as big as a linebacker, but he, he does look a lot <laughs> bigger than what I remember seeing him in 2020. It uh, looks like he filled out a little bit more and he's definitely going to fill out even more as he gets older. But I mean, he's, he's trying to find his way on this team. And uh, I don't think he should look at moving around in different positions as a negative. Uh, I think it's all, I think it's well known, uh, you know, across the league and within the reds that he can play a good short. Uh, if he can show not only the reds, but just, you know, teams across the league that he can play, you know, outfield if needed, he could play third if needed. If you want to stick him in left or right or wherever, it, that that's just going to do nothing but boost his value. Uh, the one thing that he needs to, to focus on is a uh, being able to provide good defense, no matter where they put him, uh, whether that be shorter or anywhere else. And B, he needs to find a way to be a consistent, productive hitter, because uh, if he's not a consistent, productive hitter, it doesn't matter where you put him. He's just going to be a defensive replacement. Um, I do know that the, you know, obviously I don't think anybody is questioning that, you know, when the time comes, Barrero is going to be a, you know, at the very least an above average hitter, uh, possibly even, you know, way, way better than that. I mean, time will tell with that. Um, but it's just so early, man. I mean, the fact that 2020, the Reds fans saw him at all, that was only because of the way that the, you know, the pandemic worked out and how there was no minor league season. And we just kind of needed somebody to come up and, and fill that hole. Um, and, uh, and the fact that he's not playing short consistently right now, um, like I said, that's just a, a, a testament to Kyle Farmer and how well that he's done. So uh, just patience, man. Like we just need to have patience with him. I don't think Barrero is going to be the savior. That's going to make the difference between us making the playoffs and not but he is on the team and he is able to make an impact when he does play. And that's all he needs to focus on. I like it. Doesn't have to be a Todd Frazier thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other third base discussion, I know Nick was kind of wanting to kind of just touch on real quick was uh, the slight, you know, the little resurgence we're seeing from a Eugenio Suarez of late. Um, obviously it kind of feels like he's getting a little bit of his swing back. He's had a pretty good couple, couple days now. Um, how, how are you, where are you out with that right now, Curb? It's been, it's been awesome to see him, you know, ha have some success, yeah. you know, when everyone's completely, you know, written off his season. Um, I mean, he's the kind of guy that, that could, could get hot and, and we've seen, We've seen Suarez, you know, carry the team when he's hot. So, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not going to, you know, bank on that happening. But, you know, I think it's been very encouraging, especially for the long term, not just, you know, 2021, but the, you know, the long term health of the Reds, you know, 
Suarez is a big piece going forward. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's been great to see him, you know, the um, last couple of days. Wish he would have, wish he would have got that at bat in the uh, the eighth tonight and, and got a crack. But, but yeah, Farmer made it happen. So. Wait, wait, who made it happen? Kyle Farmer. Man, I have, <laughs> I've gotten it all. I've gotten it all on Kyle Farmer this year. Kyle <laughs> Farmer, baby. The, the, Kyle the, Farmer, how did we not trade for a shortstop, man? Trevor Story would have hit a two-run home run in the eighth, guaranteed. <laughs> I, I will not mention Trevor Story's uh, uh, number since the trade deadline. <laughs> I won't even mention him. I'm you not, won't? I'm okay. not going there. Wait, you but you're such a stats guy. You know you got him in the back of your oh, head. Oh, I know. I know what it is. I know what it okay. is. But I'm going to be right. positive. I'm going to be positive. Oh, okay, yes. you're going to be positive. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's been nice to see him look a little more comfortable. I think that's kind of what we've just all been looking for, especially with, you know, the injuries he's had and obviously, you know, the slump. Uh, I think kind of gone hand in hand at times. And obviously the whole playing a different position thing and just kind of gone through hell and back this year. It's kind of like been like that, like uh that like Mark Reynolds kind of year where like the batting average is kind of low, the OPS is low, but he's like cracking homers. So it's kind of been like, you know take the good with the bad, you know, kind of thing. I think I would have probably taken an overall Mark Reynolds here from him, to yeah. be honest. Wasn't that Wait, Mar- Mark Reynolds, this is what, like uh, like 10 years ago, he used to play for the Diamondbacks, that guy? Yeah. He would hit like 180 and 40 homers. And, and he would strike out like 220 yes. times? <laughs> oh, my goodness. The farthest bomb, the hardest hitting home run that I've ever given up was to Mark Reynolds. <laughs> it was in... High A, the Florida State League. Where where are the Cardinals at? In Fort St. Louis. Jupiter? No, uh, High A Cardinals are in Palm Beach. Okay, Palm Beach, yeah. So I just threw this hanging screwball, and he hit it to the light pole, and it was still on its way up like that. Bing, <laughs> it came back. That's, uh, is, is it landed? It dented the foul, or I mean, not the, not the foul pole, the light pole. It dented the light pole, and then it came back into play. <laughs> It was a double then. It was on its way up, still on its ascent. It was, it was on. I think the far, the furthest bomb I gave up in the minors was to, uh, God, um, he was a huge Reds, uh, Red Sox prospect, and uh, I think he plays with the Royals now. But he was a Ben Attendi. Yeah, that guy absolutely took me yard. Like it, also it was drafted amazing. right before Tyler was, <laughs> was also drafted by the Reds before he went back in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. And then he lit it up with what Arkansas. Yeah. Was it, uh, yeah. He, he had a ton of homers, like an absolute absurd amount of homers in college. I think it was Arkansas. I think I remember that, but yeah, he's from he Cincinnati. Got... He's from Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He yeah, was he... like a big, big time when he was in high school with Madeira. Madeira. Yeah. So, uh, know, Carlos, man. Carlos, what's the the longest home run you've given up in the majors? Soriano, upper deck, upper tank in uh, San Diego. Alfonso? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Was that your first series? <laughs> yeah, my first series, my second game. So, mm. so, so, Ryan, so MLB started in, like, 2009, 
putting like every game on YouTube, like like the full games. And of course, Carlos pitched in 2008. I'm so mad, man. We could, I, I would just spend hours watching every every. I watch the full game. I want the full picture. We Whoa, yeah. wouldn't take you that long, buddy. <laughs> Because when, when we started working together and I was like, dude, the whole thing, I was like, well, I got to get to know this guy a little bit. And I was like looking up like his major league time. And I was like, this dude sure got Alex Rodriguez at Yankee Stadium. And I don't know about this. So I was like, <laughs> Carlos, you struck out A-Rod? Mm-hmm. My dude. What was he out partying the night before? I don't know what he was doing, but he wouldn't. What'd you get him I with? I think the first A-B, he hit a, uh, I jammed him. And he still hit it like 401 to the warning track. Center fielder should have called it. <laughs> you didn't catch it? No, fucking double. Was it Max Schrock? <laughs> so I had to strike him out on uh, three pitches next time. Oh, Take care of it to. myself. Okay, of course. Obviously, of course. I couldn't pitch to contact. Stupid outfielders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't mention what happened against Jeter that, that game. Don't worry. I just wanted to get in the Hall of Fame, so I gave up a hit to Jeter. So I'm yeah, in the Yeah, there Hall. you go. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, A-Rod's not in the Hall of Fame because of that game. I mean, right. that's yeah. clearly that was the line. And that's what I've heard. Out. <laughs> I'm the bar. Like, it's, there's like the Mendoza <laughs> line for batting. There's the Guevara line. Like, if you got a hit, okay, you're good. If you didn't get a hit off of them, you're done. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Hence Derek Lee. Derek Lee, not in the Hall of Fame. There you go. Because Carlos's first at bat, he struck him out. Dude, oh. Derek Lee, man, Florida, Florida Marlins legend. What? Oh, is, he was so is, nice to watch with Florida. Yeah, yeah, grew up watching him. Uh, is he? Uh, are his stats not Hall of Fame worthy? No, no. <laughs> he's just I don't a Hall. Think of, so. He's just a Hall of Famer in my eyes because he's my childhood hero. He's probably not even in the Florida Marlins Hall of Fame. Probably was, not, man. He was on the Marlins team that uh that was in the Bartman series, right? Yeah, yeah. on the World Series. He that was, was uh the guy that, that was the, was he the guy that hit the foul ball? Uh no, I think that was uh that was one was it Juan Pierre? No, I think it was Gonzalez. That's right. Maybe. Gonzalez. And then Gonzalez, the shortstop, actually hit the walk-off homer against the Yankees. I think it was game four to tie the series or something like that. Dude, that Marlins team had a rookie Miguel Cabrera. Had uh, uh, Gonzalez, had Derek Lee, had Jeff Conine, had uh, uh, Mike Lowell. Uh, they had, um, dude, the pitchers. They had Josh Brad Beckett. Penny, Josh Beckett. They had Dontrell Willis. Ooh, they had Ur Dontrell. Urbina, Urbina or whatever as the closer. Uh, the catcher was Pudge Rodriguez. Like, dude, that was a freaking squad. Juan Pierre. Uh, Edwin, uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion. Got him from uh, Reds. Yeah, man, dude, that was a a freaking squad. I think I just named their entire uh, their entire lineup. <laughs> Trivia uh, night. Lu Lu Luis Castillo at second. Late night Marlins talk live. Let's go. Sorry, you guys. Sorry. What was their manager? McKinnon. No. Yeah. Uh, was Jack McKinnon? I think it was Jack. It, it was Jack McKeon, and then Leland was the 97 manager winner. Yeah. Mm. They're the only team that ever won the World Series twice without winning their division. Hey, undefeated in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. They, no lost, they lost, they lost the, last they, year. They ruined it. They lost it. last year, yeah, but the 2020 COVID season. Doesn't count. We're not they, counting. 
Yeah, they have uh, they have that. two World Series trophies and zero division titles. Yeah, impressive. That's what the that Reds was, are going to uh... do this year. That's what the Reds are going to do this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's that... what I'm talking about, Carlos. That two thousand three that two thousand three postseason might be the greatest postseason I think in in uh, in baseball history because the uh, that was the Aaron Boone the Aaron Boone home run walk off was that same year. I mean. Talk about two incredible LCS series. Like, and then the World Series was like, six games, right? It was a really yeah. good six-game series. Yeah, it was uh, Josh Beckett pitching on, I think, three days rest or two two or three days rest in game six. And uh, Jack McKeon was asked why he didn't want uh, to save Beckett for uh, game seven on longer rest. And he said it was because he wanted to end it right here, right now in New, in New York. And he goes out there and he threw a complete game. Was it a, I don't know if it was a shutout or not, but I, I know he threw a complete game. I think he had like double, double digit strikeouts. And uh, when he tagged Posada to end it, I ran in the bathroom and I cried because I was in third grade. I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I mean, if the Reds win the World Series, I'll cry. Yeah, same. same. I'll, Dude, I'll, 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 I'll be crying with there with you guys. And then I'll cry when the Dolphins win the Super Bowl, too. Which Super Bowl? The Dolphins? Yeah, which one? I don't know. Any. In my lifetime, I'll be sobbing. <laughs> you have a better chance of the Heat winning the title again, buddy. I don't know if you yeah, know this. Dude, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care about the Heat, man. <laughs> Miami is a football town. <laughs> Miami is a football town. That was a baseball town. No, it is not a baseball town. <laughs> no, I was just at Marlins Park. I could hear, I could hear myself think. Miami <laughs> is a club live town is what they are. <laughs> Carlos, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, we do have a, a comment in the, the chat, and I feel like it, it definitely needs to be addressed. Um, someone said that Mr. Castellanos here can sing some some Backstreet Boys, and um, mm. I, I don't feel like it would be right to, to have that yeah. not happen here. Lights off, fog machine off. Get it. <laughs> All right. To the chatter in the chat, I know who you are. Uh, I know you want me to sing the Backstreet Boys, but they see this is what happens, man. I give my chat a little bit. I give them an inch, and they want to take a mile. I sing uh, John Bellion, "Stupid Deep," Nick's walkout song, embarrass the hell out of myself on stream, and now they think that just by a simple request, I'm gonna sing the damn Backstreet Boys here live on YouTube, and uh, there's no chance that I'm doing that. One because I don't know the lyrics. I think and that I brings some good to... vibes. I mean, I, we need good vibes. All right. How about this? When the Reds make the playoffs, you guys hop me on your show and I'll sing the Backstreet Boys. Does that sound fair? We'll have you on anytime you want. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you, it's not like it's like we have to like go to you. You can just be like, guys, I'm going to be on Wednesday and we're going to be like, cool. I'll send you the invitation. We'll, we'll boot guest. I mean, it's... <laughs> Carlos, you're going to have to sit this one out. Ryan's coming on. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> I do want to ask you, Ryan, about the last time you were in town. So yeah. I said I said to start the show, you had your first Skyline Chili experience. Yes, I did. Did you go through, like, did you, like, pick what you wanted? Did you just ask the server, like, what would be good? Like, what was that process like for you? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I saw a fucking video of it. Ryan does not remember his, his first <laughs> Skyline. What do you mean? Wait, elaborate on that. What are you talking about? Oh boy! Oh no! It looks like you might have been cut off at the ballpark, my buddy. Oh! <laughs> Yo, in, in my in my defense, I did not go to the game that day, 
because I had misplaced my phone the night before. So uh, that face that you saw was the disheveled face of me trying to find my phone all day. So I had Skyline. I had Skyline completely sober, but I was feeling a little bit from the night before, which I think is the best time to try Skyline. So, yes, I do remember. Carlos, thank you very much. And uh, it was actually funny because I showed up. I, I, we had a bunch of people from the park ballers come. I think we showed up with like a group of like, like 10 people or eight people or something like that. And of course I wore my skyline chili t-shirt. So I walked in with a huge group of people and I had a skyline chili t-shirt on and I walk up to the lady in the front and I said, hello, this is my first time here. I, I need help. <laughs> I'm wearing a skyline chili shirt. So she kind of just, uh, she gave me a menu. She kind of walked me through what everybody would order. And uh, I remember what uh, some of the guys from the part in the punctuation uh, pod- podcast would say, Jeff, and uh, you guys also gave me some, uh, um, some advice. Uh, I think Tim, I think you said to go with the, the, the three-way or the four-way with a Coney. I think Carlos told me to steer clear of the restaurant. I don't remember what Nick Kirby said. Um, but I ended up going with the four way, which is the, what the chili and the cheese and the onions or beans. Uh, and no, I didn't get beans. I, I, I didn't, I didn't go the five way. So I went the four way and I also went with a cheese coney and I got Mountain Dew because I guess Mountain Dew at Skyline hits different. Oh yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, and I don't know if it's the slight hangover or if it was actually good, but I ate that entire thing and, and, and I thought it hit the spot. <laughs> So I do understand, Carlos, what you were saying about it being a wet topping, but damn it, I thought it was a good wet topping. <laughs> Ryan, I'm going to have it at opening day next year, and I'm going to stream it. Would you stay at my place? Whoa, 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 whoa. I just met you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, they're really, they're really coming hard, man. I, I don't know. My Ooh. wife said that if Carlos comes in town next year for opening day, she can, he, can sleep at our, he can sleep on our couch that week. So I told him he had a place he could stay for free. I don't think me and my wife are both going to fit on that couch. Not with that attitude. <laughs> Wait, so, so, so what? You guys just want me to sleep on the floor? <laughs> I mean, you know, we got plenty of space. <laughs> are we... Come on, Ryan. Good vibes. After that walk-off homer, or after that walk-off Guys, infield single run, playoffs. I did not think we would end up here tonight. Hey, I don't know the lyrics. I really don't know the lyrics. I want to sing, but I don't know the lyrics. Chris Just say, Harris. I want it that way. You say, Carlos wants a five-way. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, we're just kind of at the point where we're just hanging out at this point. We just need good juju. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if, if you guys want to go into the Reds, I'm down. I mean, we got plenty of things we could talk about that could bring positive lights. Well, the so. first thing is we need to... Go find Pedro Serrano and figure out how we warm up our bats. That's step one. Maybe set out Jibu. So that way we have that going. Hey, we, got, Every- we got game time in 13 hours, boys. Yeah, we, we turn we, around. We, we got to have everybody go up there with a chip bat like Nick did. 
when he got his two home runs with the grand slam, yeah. everybody go up with a chip bet, uh, <laughs> have the other manager go out and uh, have everybody check the bat and then have David Bell rush the manager and cause the benches clearing incident. And we will go undefeated from that moment. What we need just a spark. Just a so, spark. so we need to, it's been a while since we've seen a mirror. I say, put a mirror in the game. Start he, he pitched, start he pitched the game. yesterday. He pitched yesterday. I wasn't watching. Start the game. <laughs> hit the guy and then run immediately to their dugout. Start a fight and then we go. So you're in for starting a fight just for the sake of getting the morale up. Absolutely. There's got to be a sacrificial lamb. I love Nick's face during all this of just being like, Give the pirates base runners when we're, you know, it's just one, Nick. <laughs> Everyone counts. Yeah, but we lost by one. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? We'll play Reds Jose Barrero lost... more. Maybe we won't. Reds may have lost seven straight series, boys, but they haven't been swept one time. That's Ain't what no one sweeping this team. Ain't no one sweeping this team. <laughs> That's what I said. Dude, hey, heavy money on the Reds tomorrow, guaranteed. Heavy. Guaranteed. <laughs> Wait, I. Uh, am I legally allowed to say that being related to a player on the team? Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. You know, it's Cincinnati. It's not like that matters anyway. And okay. Cassiano's just got suspended for the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> they never what? turn left. <laughs> we got we got Max Rock playing right now. <laughs> My dream. This is what I always wanted. Max Rock hitting third, playing playing right field. Mm. What a time. What a time. Is there any other topics of discussions we haven't hit in this episode yet? Depends what you uh, want to talk let, about, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> wait. What, what, are the, what are the series we got left? You said we got two more against St. Louis. We got three against the Dodgers. We got, what, six White more Sox. against the Pirates? We don't play St. Louis again. Yeah. We it's, don't play uh, St. Louis again? No, two got- more Pirates series. You got the White Sox. You got the Dodgers. And the Nationals, four games against the Washington Nationals. Yeah. At home, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, I don't know. They're supposed to be easy. I don't know anymore. Five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, nine. So, they've got 10 games at home coming up. <clears throat> three against the Pirates, three against the Dodgers, and four against the Nationals. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think we're in the point where uh, – I mean, obviously being behind in the standings, uh, you know, scoreboard watching is important, but I, I do think that as long as we hit, you know, our stride, we'll make up whatever ground we need. Um, I, I do think that we're capable of getting a, you know, seven to one, eight to one run, uh, which would be a complete game changer. Uh, but that'll be, uh, you know, uh, dependent on the offense waking up a little bit. Um, and the reason why, again, I'm confident is because that's been the most consistent aspect of the team. Um, and, you know, those last seven against the Nationals, they're going to be or against the Pirates and the Nationals. They will be favored in every single one of those games. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Fangraph still has the Reds, even with both games updated, still has the Reds at 27.2. The Cardinals are at 34.5, and that's with a one-and-a-half game lead. So, I mean, look, it's far from over. I mean, it it feels bad right now. But how many times this year has it felt really bad, you know? Um, Remember, 
the Reds were on the verge of getting swept by the the Padres when they were about to go 10 and a half games back, had that comeback win and, and, and it just, you know, it, it, it rolled. So um, momentum in baseball, man, it's, it's overrated. So last year, the Reds played as great as they could and then, you know, got in the playoffs and it, it evaporated. So we can go the other way too. Um, just, you know, they, you know, are running out of time, but you know, there's, there's still 16 games left and, uh, um, you know, it, it could turn, it could turn quick. And I, I doubt we've seen the, the, the last of twists and turns in this wild card race. I think all these teams are here for a reason because they all have, you know, strengths and all have a lot of flaws and we'll probably see a lot of that in the next two and a half weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Fun but flawed, as we said earlier in the year when Chad was on. I still believe. I still yes. believe. Do you, Nick? I do. I believe. Do you? Mm-hmm. I believe. I mean, they're still like 7% higher odds than they were last year. Yeah, at, exactly. So, yeah. That and, you know, like you kind of said, like, go back to that St. Louis series before the four-game sweep. It wasn't looking too hot then. And they go in there and kick that yeah. ass for, for yeah. like a weekend oh. series. And... Now Lance McAllister and Brenneman are blaming Joey for the – for losing the game. Joey Votto? Yeah. Because of that last play? Yeah. They said that he should, they should have known that he shouldn't have thrown there. Joey should have known not to throw to first. He should have threw home to stop that runner from coming. Okay. And what about us giving up a run on an error on a bad throw earlier in the game? Those guys. The only thing that I will say right now is as bad as the red stretch of baseball has been the last three weeks. Thank God we have John Sadak and Tommy Brawl yeah. calling the games instead of those idiots. Happy birthday, by the way, John. Love you, John. <laughs> we we birthday, are very Sadak. thankful to have you get us through this. Friend of the program. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I agree. Um, also, God. The last thing before we end the show here, as Nick and I have said multiple times, for those of us who have been around this our whole lives, we haven't had this very often. This isn't something that comes up every year for us. So, like, yeah, it's difficult. It's frustrating. This team is down, obviously, but we don't go through this all the time. I mean, it before last year, it had been seven years. So if you can't enjoy the fact they're in a playoff race, even if they're slumping, go somewhere else. Like, we don't we don't need it. And the, the talk of not deserving, deserving, get out of here with that. I don't care. I don't care if the Reds, you know, get hot and they lose seven straight. They get in. I'm going to be just as excited, you know. Exactly. I mean, the, Red, the Reds have had years like, like 1999 where they played they were great. incredible. They won 90, 96 games. Six games and, and, and didn't get in the playoffs. So, you know what? We deserve this. You know, just enjoy it. You know, it's frustrating. It's fine to be frustrated, but they make the playoffs get out of here with this you know they don't deserve it whatever just try to enjoy it i don't know why you're still here if you can't yeah i'm all out on the i don't want to back in thing i'm out on that back in run in sprint in crawl in limp in i don't care just get in man just get in and it, it with all the negative things that have happened the last couple of weeks we're still only a game and a half out and uh, I mean, you could argue that the, the positions of weakness that we've been talking about has actually been playing pretty well. Like you said, we have five very solid relievers that we could use in almost any role. Uh, our starting pitchers, especially, uh, you know, the rookies have been throwing well. Um, you know, we have 
what well, I mean, I don't know what what your your uh, you know your your WAR numbers say or anything like that, but we have you know a, above average starters. We have I would say probably at least average relievers at this point, uh, and we have a, a you know capability to have an elite offense. So all it takes is just kind of you know clicking it for a week or two, and I think we'll get in. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, if, if you get in, you don't need. 10 relievers in the playoffs look at the, the the last team that won the world series in a full season had like two relievers they had like two relievers that they trusted that was it one was and, sean doolittle yeah <laughs> our friend um but yeah i mean like, like there's a blueprint for a team that literally fits the reds mold um you know if, if you're able to get in so yeah I, I don't care how make it happen you know and and uh, i'll be just as excited as if they had won 15 straight to get in me too. All right. So if we get in and we play the Dodgers in a one game playoff uh, confidence level, what do you guys think? I mean, it, just get there, you know, whatever, you know, it, it'd be one of those things where if they're there, it, they're playing with house money. You know, it's not like exactly when, like when the Reds got in, in 2013, um, you know, they were playing the pirates. I mean, it, it was a game that was at least like a 50, 50, like the Reds were like right there. They, those two yeah. teams were very evenly matched. So there's a lot of pressure on it. Like, the Reds get in that game that I'm not going to feel any pressure. I mean, I'm going to be nervous, but I'm going to be excited. And, you know, if they lose, hey, you know what? Great run, great season we got here. And if you win, oh, man, you want to talk about an awesome feeling. Win that game when the entire world's going to think you're going to lose. What, what more could you want than that? I mean, that would be the ultimate, you know, the ultimate win. So maybe. <laughs> and, and Reds Twitter will all of a sudden just resurrect from the dead and say they've been here all along. And they'll be calling on every single national media person that's saying the Reds didn't deserve to be here. They'll be like, don't you talk about my Reds. Don't you talk about them. <laughs> they'll all come back. Yeah, that's Plus 100% accurate. Just oh, man. Crashed. All right, guys, can, can, you, can you guys just promise me something? Uh, if the Reds win the World Series this year or just any time in, in the somewhat uh, near future, can you please get me a live recording of uh, – of Nick Kirby on the last out. I, I would really love to see that. Dude, we will the, be shotgunning blo- beers. Bubbling mess. We'll be shotgunning beers, beers on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> With a guest appearance. With a Shedding guest appearance. tears. Like yeah. it'll be, yeah. I'm 100 percent the World Series and I am not there. It will be there will be a live stream. You better believe it. Hey. Even if it's just only the Reds have the current longest winning streak of any franchise in World Series games right now. Nine straight wins. Reds are four. There, Reds are four. There. there we go. All right, guys. So we've got a little over oh, off the last year. Thank you all for hanging out with us and tuning in um, and sharing with us in this Reds Festivus. Uh, we always appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Obviously, having Ryan and the Park Baller crew come hang out with us is always appreciated. Um, so, yeah, like we said, believe. Anything's possible. It can happen. Whatever cliche sports movie thing you need to tell yourself, just hang in there. The Nationals, the Pirates, you've heard, we've heard it. You've heard it all year. This isn't over. I know this is down, but we're going to be there till the end. So thank you all. We love you. Give us reviews on iTunes. Have a good night and take it easy. Go Reds. Hey.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.